your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Wednesday, Tuesday. What day is today? <laughs> Rick Solom, it's Tuesday, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. On the phone with me this hour is, is Wisconsin State Assembly Rep, representing the 94th District, although the district's going to be a little bit new, and we're going to talk about that. Steve Doyle, how are you doing, Steve? Really good. How about you, Rick? Good. Okay. Yes, the, the phone worked. I was I was a little nervous. I'm like, okay, hope please work. Um, I Yeah, I'm good. I We could talk about the weather. It's going to snow tonight. It was 60 out today. <laughs> I This is unfair uh, to you. Yeah, let's, let's talk about something more pleasant. Yeah, this is unfair to you because I had Brad Paff on yesterday, so I got a lot of my ranting and raving out about you guys just being done in the legislature, except for the Senate's going to be working for one day. But, uh, you know, what? can I just get your thoughts on this? I know we do this probably like three times a year. <laughs> Where, where I got to, I got to, I, and I don't even live in Wisconsin, so I shouldn't even care. My legislature does a whole bunch of stuff uh, now that Democrats control it. But I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the idea that you guys are done for the next nine, 10 months here? Well, you've heard me complain about that on numerous occasions. Um, I, I think it's disgusting. Um, we get paid for the rest of the year, but uh, essentially we're done with our formal um, legislative session uh, we finished last week. Um, we do have like summer study committees. We obviously still have constituent work. Uh, you know, my office always gets plenty of that. But, you know, one of the things that people expect their legislator to do is to legislate. And essentially, we're done with that for the year. Um, and, and it's just a it's chaos. So last Thursday was our last day of session. And we went until I think it was midnight, just a little bit after midnight. And I think we'd started at, at 10 in the morning. And, you know, we, I don't know how many dozens, probably a hundred or a couple hundred bills that we, that we, you know, voted on last week on, on, on Thursday. And then on Tuesday, we had done about the same amount. We have three more days that are on the calendar that we could use in March to, you know, to do some of those same bills. Why did we need to do two, 300 bills in the course of the week in February when we could have had a little bit more, you know, slow, thorough, considered um, discussion and, and consideration of, of the bills. I just, you know, as I say, laws and sausages, if you like either of them, you don't want to watch them being made. Okay, so you said last Thursday was your last day, but you worked into midnight. So technically, Steve, you worked till fr- you worked on Friday too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We did work until like twelve oh five or something like that. So yeah. I mean, as a, a practical matter, I guess that is one yeah, more day. Add, but add another still, day to that calendar. Still work the rest of the year. <laughs> um. All right. So well, I and I want to talk about like okay. So you have three more days, which is still pretty comical considering the nine months, but the whole idea here, it, it, the, the, you, I guess the legislature can use this as, a, as an excuse. The whole idea is, hey, we have new maps. We have to go home and talk to our constituents because they're new. But this calendar is like this all the time. Like every two years, I, I gripe about this, and that's how the calendar is. It's not like you guys considered uh, this time that you'll have new maps. You've made the, the legislative calendar shorter that's how it's always been as far as I, as far as I've been covering uh, the state legislature. 
Yeah, I would I would say it's evolved into this. When I first got elected, I think we went till April. Um, you know, so it, it's been you know ratcheting back. Um, you know, ever since then. Um, back when I worked in the legislature back in the eighties, if I recall correctly, we even went into like September. Uh, you know, the U.S. Congress works until September. Not that we want to use them as a good example yeah. of anything, but. Um, I mean, realistically, you know, the need for trying to solve problems doesn't stop just because we go out of session. So, I mean, there's no reason why we can't, um, you know, continue at least till summertime. I just... To me, it, it's very annoying that we're we're done. Isn't the house on like a two week vacation right now, and they come back with three days to to fix the government shutdown problem? Like, don't they give themselves three days? We're going to take two weeks off. Yeah, and come so, back and something like that, which is why I say we would never use the U.S. Congress right. as a good example of how to do things. Okay, before we go to break, I just want to ask. Okay, I understand there's committees and and some internal workings of the government, but you talked about constituents, um, and we'll talk about new maps in a minute, but. So my dad has had this issue with uh, some veterans things, and he's gone to his state legislature. I think he started with Ron Johnson, and Ron Johnson's office said, you could figure that out. And then he went to Tammy Baldwin, and Tammy Baldwin's office uh, immediately called him back and tried to help him with some veteran things. And then, uh, and then he, he also talked to state legislators and, and eventually got, got a hold of people and, and, and got help with what he, what he needed to get help with. Um, what kind of, like, does that happen a lot? And it doesn't just have to be veterans things, but does your office, what kind of things are people calling you about? And then that you can actually, you know what, I'm a state legislature. I can help you with this. Like, what kind of things are you doing? You know, aside from this committee stuff and doing stuff in Madison, there's this, this side that I don't think we hear a lot about. Sure. Um, there are a lot of things. Um, a, a couple of years ago during the pandemic, when everybody was on unemployment and they were waiting weeks, sometimes months to get their, um, their unemployment checks. Uh, we were spending, and you know, <clears throat> my staff was working overtime, literally working overtime, trying to to keep up on that because we got so many phone calls on that and, and emails and, and so forth. Um, since then, um, you know, we're still doing some of the unemployment stuff. Uh, people have problems with the Department of Transportation every once in a while. Maybe some problem with their uh, their license, or maybe they're not happy about a particular road. Is it going to be fixed soon or not fixed soon? Or why aren't they picking up garbage along the highway? Um, you know, given my dual role also being on the county board, um, I get a lot of calls that really have a lot of overlap, which is is um, surprising to some people, but not surprising to me because the county and the, the state work together so much. So we will get calls um, on, say, zoning issues that um, are mostly local, but there is some state involvement. Um, Very frequently when I get a call on a road issue, um, it comes to my state office, but then we end up calling the county highway commissioner. And and both our current highway commissioner and the previous one um, have been just wonderful to deal with and try to help us solve issues. So, I mean, we're getting multiple calls every day uh, on issues, some big, some small, some we can solve with a, a phone call. Um, actually, a lot of them we can solve with a, a phone call or several phone calls. Some are just, uh, you know, a tough nut to crack. Um, and then if they are federal, because I'm not a federal legislator, we will refer people to, you know, one of the, the federal offices, either Congress or the, the Senate, um, you know, um, so that they can hopefully help people out. Yeah, definitely. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Steve Doe is going to hang out this hour. Um, and he mentioned county board, which is good because I do want to talk about some of the work that the county board is doing. 
Um, I kind of want you to break down a little bit the progress and the process that we got to where we're going to have a civilian oversight committee. So we'll get to that conversation and we got to talk about the new maps and, and then some of the legislative work that, uh, and we kind of did this yesterday, but that still could be done. What you think maybe we should be doing. We got you in those three days, apparently maybe we can go back in the session. Uh, and I can always give you my governor, Tony Evers theory, uh, what he should do, but we'll be back in a minute. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom. On the phone with me this hour is Steve Doyle, the Assembly Rep for District 94. It's going to stay that name, I believe. We don't change the name. We just change the district, Steve, right? You still there? I'm here. Okay. Yeah, that's correct. I think that's what you said. Um, all right, so so we talked about this with Brad Paff yesterday, uh, his Senate district. And and I think the lacrosse area is in a unique spot where even the 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 uh, first congressional district, the U.S. House district here, and your district, they're all kind of competitive already. So does your, your does your district get less competitive where it's easier for a Republican or a Democrat to win? Or does it say the same? Does it change a lot? It's mostly the same. Um, <clears throat> my district has always been a 50-50 district. And it's still essentially a 50-50 district. I mean, I think if you want to really get down to the minutiae, it may be like half a percent more Democratic than it was before. But it's it's pretty much the same. Um, what The way it worked out is the, the rural area, um, the eastern part of my district got swapped out <clears throat> for rural area actually going up to Ettrick in Trempeau County. So about the same percentages, just uh, somewhat different faces. Does does it make sense the, the way it changed? Or, I mean, I, like, obviously we have to play Tetris with the whole state, so things are, are just going to move. And I think on the edges of the state, maybe they, they could move in a way that isn't, doesn't make more sense, maybe makes less sense. But I don't know. Do, do you think that the, the, the move made sense? I think overall it, it probably did. I mean, you know, we always have a preference. We want to keep things the same because those are the people that, you know, we're used to, to working with. Um, but, you know, what I, I like is that it remains a competitive district. I think that more districts in Wisconsin are competitive by far than there were before. Um, and I think that that's a good thing. Uh, it will force people to talk with each other a little bit more across the, you know, party lines. And so, that is good. Um, the governor's maps took a lacrosse County, which was divided into two assembly districts. And now, um, three are all, or partly actually every one of them is only partly in lacrosse County. So, um, each of the three districts stretch out to surrounding counties. What is the strategy? You haven't had to do this where your districts change a lot, right? Like you got into the legislature right after the maps change in like 2010, right? Well, in my first term, um, I was elected in a special uh, session, uh, our special election, um, and at that point, um, the town of Campbell was in the 94th. Um, then the maps changed in the next election where town of Campbell was no longer part of, uh, of my district. Um, but then it's been pretty, you know, pretty much the same all along until, um, you know, with the changing of the, the decade, um, I no longer represented um, Burns and Rockland area. Um, and um, it, because the population in my district was growing faster than the rest of the state. So the geographic size needed to shrink. Sure. 
Okay, so do you have any good strategies with, uh, you know, maybe maybe even other legislators who are, like, I don't know, is everyone kind of guessing? Like, how do I get the people in my new part of the district to to know me and to, you know, eventually vote for me, obviously? Is there a strategy here? Well, I think that, well, I, I think it's the obvious strategy. Um, you go out and meet them. Uh, you know, I have knocked on tens of thousands of doors over my legislative career. Um, and you know, that's what I intend to do. Uh, you know, I, I'm not unfamiliar with, you know, the area between say Galesville and, and Ettrick. Um, but I certainly haven't gone door to door meeting the people and that's what I need to do. Uh, you know, and, and it's probably a good thing because it forces us to not be comfortable. If I have a new area that I'm going to be representing, then I can't take it for granted that those people, yeah, I've met them before. I don't need to do it again. Now I need to, you know, use some shoe leather and get out there and meet them. On the other end of my district, um, I now move into the city of La Crosse, and so I have part of the north side of La Crosse. And uh, I grew up in, in on the north side of La Crosse until fifth grade, so I mean that's kind of like, um, you know, old home for me. A little nostalgia there. Um, there you go. Okay, so everybody I says this. I think my this. old house, in fact, my old house is in um, this district, so that's kind of cool. Oh, nice. So as everyone says this, they go door knocking and the only person that this makes sense for door knocking is for somebody that lives in a city because the doors are close. Um, we talked to on, uh, on a democratic voice podcast to a County board member in the UWL district who's going to door knock in the dorms because that's the easiest door knocking there is, but door knocking doesn't seem to be the most efficient. Do you guys just say that? Cause it sounds the best. Or do you do you say that because that's the only the only good way to get to know people other than having like town halls or just saying, hey, come meet me here. I'll be at this. You know, you can come talk to me there because those those aren't efficient or people don't show up. Or is what do you think? Um, Door knocking is far and away the most effective thing that you can do, bar none. Um, Now, obviously, at, say, the congressional level, that's way too many doors. You can't do that. But certainly at the state assembly and and to some extent even the state senate um level uh it it makes a lot of sense i mean you just have to set aside a big blocks of time and actually you know now that we're not in session i can be out knocking on doors um and you know if you have town halls you get a select group of people that show up um not a cross-section and certainly not the majority of the population yeah if you do mailings, you know, that gets your name out, but it's not a, a give and take. I mean, people hear from you, they see your name, but they don't have a chance to really, you know, um, communicate with you in, in, in reverse. Um, you know, so I, I, I've been a big fan of, of knocking on doors. Um, I, I think that people these days kind of expect it. I mean, sometimes they're annoyed, oh God, a politician on my doorstep. Um, in other situations, um, especially since I've been doing this for so long, people open the door and they say, hi, Steve. Yeah. Um, and you know, we have a nice, a nice chat. Um, but you know, it's, it's what you get paid for in my opinion. So I, I think that everybody should be doing it. Okay. So do you think over the next eight, 10, nine, nine, 10 months, you'll put 40 hours in a week, uh, knocking on doors because <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's your job, right? Well, 40 not- hours a week. That's what we all do. Uh, well, I won't be doing it tomorrow when it's uh, going to be cold, but, um, and I'm not going to commit to 40 hours a week, but I will, I will spend a lot of time knocking on doors. How, how does that sound? Yeah. Right. 
Um, because I know I know you're doing other things as well, but you know, like that's there's just like how are you gonna fill 40 hours a week over the next 10 months? Because I, I, you know, we've we've had the joke where I, I feel like legislators should should punch in and out. Um, Brad Paff said yesterday that he's gonna go to the Deke Slayton birthday party in Sparta because that's part of his new district. Um, this this goes back to the you know you knock on a door and someone rolls their eyes because the politician is there. Uh, do you do you find those things are helpful to go to a thing, or do you think a lot of people roll their eyes? Your the a politicians there, and I don't know. I'm here for the birthday, man. I don't want to talk politics. Um, I, I think going to events is important because that gives you a chance to meet people in a more comfortable situation. You know, sometimes if we knock on their door, they might be in the middle of making supper or you know watching a good TV show or whatever. Whereas, you know, at a social event, you have a chance to spend a little bit more, you know, casual, comfortable time with them. Um, you know, but you can't just do those kind of events. Um, you know, politicians are always in parades and sometimes we go to football games and, and things like that. You know, so there are a lot of opportunities, you know, wherever uh, wherever people are, that's where we should be. Um, although the Oktoberfest parade doesn't apparently want us in there because they charge um, politicians a lot more than businesses or nonprofits to be in the parade, which is the right. That's fine. Yeah. That one, that one city near Madison banned politicians from parades, which I think is great. Cause I don't, I don't want my politicians <laughs> in parades either. I mean, that's, um, I, I can certainly understand that people would prefer to see a float or listen to a band than have to deal with politicians. And especially these days in such a polarized world that we live in, um, yeah, I can see where folks would prefer not to have to deal with that. All right. So before we go to break, we got like three minutes here. I just want to, and if we get to it at the end, we can go into details, but with the, the, obviously the assemblies, well, maybe not obvious, but we've been talking about it. The assembly's out of session here. You said there's potentially three more days. My theory is that governor Tony Evers should call a special session for each one of, uh, the issues that he sees over the next nine, 10 months you know, heading into the election, call a special session. We should do something about this, like PFAS or childcare or something. But just in your opinion, what are some of the issues, whether or not Governor Evers calls special session or not, whatever. But what are, do you have like a list of some of the, you know, these are some of the things we really need to get done. Um, and we're out of session. We're not going to get done. So I have to campaign on them. But we could just meet in session and do these things now. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we know what uh, the result would be if he called a special session. That'd be the same result that we've had for the last several years. Well, here's, no, um, Steve, just wait. My theory, though, is because the maps are changing and the state's going to be a little bit more 50 50, if, if, if Republicans gavel in and out of 10 special sessions over the next 10 months, ignoring all these things that are supposedly problems, PFAS, I think, isn't a supposed problem. It's definitely a problem. Uh, and, and you go to, go to the voting booth and you go, Oh, Republicans gaveled out of 24 special sessions over the last five years, ignoring all these workforce problems and, and whatnot. I feel like that's, that's not a great, that's not a great thing to, to, to do as, as when you're trying to get new votes with, uh, a, a district that's maybe more 50, 50. Yeah, that's probably true. I would hope that the new maps would make it more likely that we'd actually seriously talk about those things. On the other hand, if you're not a member of the Republican leadership, you can say, I was there, I wanted to discuss these things, but my leadership gaveled out, and so we didn't have a chance to, and, you know, shame on them. Okay. I mean, you know, Democrats can do the same if we want to trash our leadership. There's something that we don't like. Uh, but to answer your question, what are some of the things we yeah. need to talk about? 
I think that in the last week we had, um, the last week or two, we had a lot of loose ends. Uh, the tax cuts, um, the uh, and there were four uh, bills that the Republicans had proposed for tax cuts um, that I expect at least three of them will get vetoed. So that leaves a lot of tax cuts not happening that really should happen. Uh, you mentioned PFAS. I agree 100% on that. Um, child care um, is a problem that just is not going to go away. And we need to seriously address it. I mean, I don't think that you can simply say we're going to give tax cuts to employers and then they will be able to give people more money to pay for childcare. I mean, that doesn't solve the, I mean, there's this both supply and demand issues here, people and cost. I mean, people can't afford to pay for childcare. On the other hand, they can't even find childcare because the providers aren't there anymore. You know, so it's, it's going to take a comprehensive approach rather than just a, a silver bullet. And I don't think that we've seriously discussed that. I mean, I think both sides need to get together. This is one that benefits Democrats, Republicans, businesses, employers. I mean, everybody is benefited by solving that problem. And I don't think we've taken it seriously. All right. Any other ones? I mean, you don't have to deep dive into them, but any other just. Um, you know, we can always start to talk about what the next budget might look like. I mean, we're starting off in, in good shape with, um, you know, budget surplus because we haven't done the tax cuts that we, uh, you know, we wanted to, or the both sides had talked about doing. Um, I mean, I, off the top of my head, there are kind of what we call dog and cat issues that, um, you know, we are basically these bills that don't get a lot of attention that, in many cases, because we just ran out of time, um, Lauren Oldenburg and I had uh, a bill that we um, we introduced that um, would it's very simple. If you are an 18 year old and you're in college and you want to start a, a business, a limited liability company, you don't have to pay a fee for the filing fee for the state. If you're 18 and you're still in high school and you want to do the same thing, you have to pay the fee. So I had gotten a call from somebody who, you know, in, in La Crosse County who said, hey, you know, that just doesn't seem right. Can we fix that? I mean, it's a no brainer. Of course, everybody would agree to fix that um, because it's more smart if you're a Democrat to have a Republican member of the majority party introduce the bill. I went to Lauren. He's a great guy. Um, we introduced the bill together. And, and uh, unfortunately, we, were, we ran out of time simply because we were adjourning in February and March. Sure. If we spent more time, little bills like that would pass. I mean, I mean, and there's like oodles and oodles of those kind of bills that are out there that are, you know, not controversial. It just takes time to work them through the process. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you want to get in here, Steve Doyle's hanging out this hour. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about the La Crosse County Board. Uh, passing this civilian oversight committee. We're going to get into some of the details with that. I'm going to have Steve explain it because I think uh, a lot of times it gets misrepresented. Uh, But Brad, doing the news, Scott's comment coming up. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solo. I'm on the phone with me this hour. Steve Doyle, he's the state rep in District 94. He's also a Lacrosse County board member. And uh, those elections are coming up. Steve, I didn't even look. I probably should 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 have looked. Do you have an opponent? Yes, I do. Y- okay. And I think that's a good thing. I think everybody should have an opponent. 
That's All right. how democracy works. So I never complain about that. Well, and I might have to, just to be fair, I might have to bring that person on to talk a little bit. We're just, I, I, I'm not trying to do a, a campaign here for you for, for running for board, but I want to talk about something the, the, the county board just did, uh, a civilian oversight committee. And, you know, I think it gets deemed like a police oversight committee, and I think it gets misrepresented about what it is. I just, I was just reading in Portland, there's one that, that uh, really has some oversight over police and uh, it's it's kind of controversial right now. But can you kind of explain what the Civilian Oversight Committee is? And I guess you could say Civilian Oversight of Law Enforcement Committee. I think that might be a better way to put it. Uh, and actually, an even better way than that would be to call it a police liaison committee. Because the, the committee doesn't have oversight. It really can't even review things, even though that's part of the name. Um, it, it's really it's intended to serve the purpose of being kind of uh, a liaison between people who have concerns with law enforcement and the particular law enforcement agency. And an important consideration here is that there is no oversight. There is no ability for this committee uh, to, to force anything to happen. Uh, first of all, police departments don't have to participate if they don't want to. Um, they only participate if they choose to. So l- l- let me give you an example. Let's say somebody, um, here's one that actually happened with me, and, and I'll tell you how it, it worked. Um, a person that I know, um, their friend was driving um, in La Crosse on Highway 16, and they were pulled over for speeding, and they looked around and like, wow, there's a bunch of cars here that are all going about the same speed as me. Why didn't they stop me? Could it be because I'm black? Um, you know, and so they called me and, and I said, well, let me check with the, let me check with the sheriff. And the sheriff checked with the Lacoste Police Department and found out that, in fact, that was one of their regularly scheduled um, traffic enforcement days. And they were pulling over like all sorts of people that day. Um, you know, black, white, red, brown, whatever, um, had nothing to do with the color of this person's skin. And they were relieved to find out that, oh, I was just a statistic here. They were pulling over everybody. They didn't get a ticket. They just got a warning and, you know, polite, you know, please slow down. So I did that in kind of what I would call a liaison role. I, I talked to the sheriff, talked to the, the chief of police, and we answered their question. Um, if there was nobody there to intercede for them, they might to this day be thinking, well, they just stopped me because I'm black when it had nothing to do with that at all. Um, That's kind of the role that I see for this commission, a place where people can go and say, Hey, this happened to me. It just doesn't seem right. Can you guys do some checking and, 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 you know, maybe a policy needs to change. Maybe just an explanation needs to be given. Like in the case I just described, that's the role of this commission. This commission isn't going to fire anybody. This commission isn't going to force any policy changes because they can't. Um, this commission is simply going to be there to try to be a helping hand to be that bridge between the citizenry and law enforcement. And I want to dispel the notion that, that this, you know, this commission is being created because we feel there's a problem with the police. We think just the opposite. If there was a problem with the police, they wouldn't participate in it. They 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 would just say, "Drop dead. We're not you know we're not going to you know play ball here." Um, instead, we did it with the hope that they will voluntarily say, 
yeah, you know, we think that this can serve a purpose and, and it's part of our outreach. So, yeah, we want to we want to be a part of it. That's what we're hoping for. It's not a big bureaucracy. We're not hiring people. We're not um, we're not paying the members to be on the commission. Um, they aren't opening a new office, um, creating all sorts of new procedures and everything. They're just a liaison. And, and that's the, what's gotten lost in translation here. People seem to think that we're creating a new bureaucracy that's going to try to rein in these rogue police officers, and it's nothing of the sort. Well, in the example you give, too, if, if I had a problem with police and there wasn't a civilian review board, and then I go to the police and the police come back to me and say, ah, there's nothing there. We were doing this thing. You'd be like, well, are you lying to me because you don't want to tell me? So having like a third party kind of makes sense in that regard, just to have maybe just to have peace of mind. Yeah, and, and I feel very comfortable with this because this is the role that I play in the state legislature. If you call me and you say, hey, I'm not getting my unemployment check. Can you help me out? That's what we do. You know, we, we call the agency, whether it's the Department of Workforce Development or the DNR or the Department of Transportation. I mean, we, you know, we go to bat for people and try to make those connections. That's what this group would do. Um, and, and I think that a year from now, a couple of years from now, people are going to look back and say, why was this controversial? This seems really logical and it seems really helpful. Um, I, I know a couple of the stories we had on Wisdom mentioned a survey and 70% of people don't agree with having this. Um, do you do you remember that survey? And can you explain? I, I feel like yeah. the, the survey asked one thing and what this review board is, is another. I, I, that's exactly it. Um, I don't think that there is a sentiment in La Crosse County um, to rein in the police. I don't think that there is a feeling that they are out of control. Um, and so if you ask people, do we need a, an oversight body, that's the first thing that's going to come to mind is, well, you know, there are some places where that may be a bigger problem, but we're probably talking like large cities or, or something like that. We don't have that here. So, no, we don't need it. We're, we, you know, we're capable of solving our, our own issues here. Um, I would hope that after, you know, hearing the description that I just gave of what I think is really going to happen, people would change their mind and say, oh, that seems pretty innocuous. You know, what, what's the harm if nothing else? Well, the, the, the other half of that is that are we creating a, what is the, what is the cliche, a, a solution to something that isn't a problem, something like that, right? Did I get the cliche right? Uh, and and yeah, you mentioned it. Like, in search of a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, it, it, and I think that if you go into this thinking, well, there has to be a big problem, then yeah, I, I don't I don't think that that exists. Um, are there glitches um, in, in the system? Yeah, we're all human. I mean, you know, I'm a lawyer. Um, we have different bodies that uh, you know are there to to serve lawyers and our clients if there are you know issues that come up. Um, <clears throat> the medical profession has the same thing. You know, pretty much every profession has some group that's there. Um, in, in some cases, with you know the hammer that they can actually force things to happen other cases to just be, you know, an, an intermediary. Um, you know, so I don't think that you have to say that there is a problem with our police to have a body like this. It's like saying, you know, there is a problem with the department of transportation because somebody had to call Steve Doyle because they were having a problem with their license. I mean, it, 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 those things happen. If somebody can, you know, help to, you know, smooth over any any wrinkles that occur in people's dealings with government, 
I think that's a good thing, and, and that's really the intention here on this. Well, I think it's good, too, because it's not reactionary. Like, if you want to just go to the most extreme thing, George Floyd happened, and then the Minneapolis Police Department, or the the city of Minneapolis was reactionary. The city council there was reactionary to the thing that happened. And and then there's just giant, like, waves of, you know, peaks and valleys of to, to how to solve that issue. Because, obviously, the well, the police department up there, man, there's been so many incidents um, we don't have something like that, and that's good. Like that's good. It doesn't mean we we couldn't put something in place to at least like, you know, quell the tide if something does happen. You know, at least we have this third party, the civilian review board, in case something happens and people feel comfortable going there instead of right to the source. Yeah, and I, I think that what this this review commission will end up doing um, is dealing with small things. I mean, we don't have a George Floyd problem in, in La Crosse County. I mean, I don't think anybody believes that we do. Um, you know, are there occasionally misunderstandings? Are they sometimes the fault of the civilian? Are they sometimes the fault of the police? I don't know. Um, but sometimes there are misunderstandings. Let's see if we can get rid of the misunderstandings so people are on the same page. Who's going to be on this board and who picks the board? I mean, is that is that going to be a hard battle to to decide? That is the biggest determinant in terms of whether this will be successful or a total failure. Um, we need people who understand what the role should be. Um, if we have bomb throwers on either side, they love the police or they hate the police, that's not solution oriented. Um, so what what we would um, what we want to have happen is people who are interested, would submit their names to the Criminal Justice Management Council, and that's the Criminal Justice Management Council is um, made up of people in the criminal justice system, like judges, sheriff, DA, probation and parole, police, and so forth. You know, and, and so you would go through that, uh, and they would try to find people that are solution-oriented so that we, I mean, the most important time is going to be the first few months of, of this going on. So if people feel that, you know, their job is to be a liaison as opposed to being a bomb thrower, I think that's going to be the recipe for success. Um, and then I, I heard during I, just one of the stories we had just kind of was reporting on the process here that, that some of the police chiefs might have a problem or didn't know that this was happening. And in my head, I was like, well, this has been going on for two years and they were all public hearings. But um, I don't know, does any law enforcement have a problem with this? And have they come to the county board and saying, hey, I really actually have a problem with this? Or we, I should say. I I think that some have expressed some concern um, because it perhaps could have been better explained in terms of what we're we're trying to accomplish here. Um, And uh, I would love to sit down with individual um, you know, police chiefs. I, I did meet, in fact, with Sean Kudron, the lacrosse police chief, um, who, by the way, happens to be a neighbor of mine. Um, so, you know, we we had a chance to discuss the, the process. I don't think that we're totally on the same page. And so I think that there is still some work to be done to make both civilians and, very importantly, law enforcement comfortable with the process. And if we can't reach that, you know, consensus there, this is going to be a flop. Um, so I, I think that we need people who understand the system, um, who don't have an agenda, um, and who are open-minded. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I could very well see like a, a police chief not paying attention to a, what the county board is doing and then being like, oh, wait, what is this? But also, I don't know, as a police chief in, in the county, I feel like maybe you should be paying attention to what the county board is doing. Um, so, and, and the, well, we, and don't the fact any, that, we don't have any direct control over them, you know, yeah. say the West Salem police department, for example, it, it, it's the West Salem village board that is in charge of them. The county board has nothing to do with it. We have nothing yeah. to do with La Crosse or on Alaska. We have some, um, effect over the La Crosse sheriff department, um, mostly in terms of budget, but you know, the sheriff is the boss. We're not, all yeah. we can do is, you know, respond to his budget requests. You know, so I think if people understand that because we don't have control, all we can do is try to intervene and help, they might look at it in a different lens. Yeah. Well, and, and getting back to the, the whole thing is, uh, does this thing have enough enough teeth, so to speak, or not enough teeth? I mean, I, I know we're like, we're kind of like baby stepping to this thing. So it, it really doesn't have any teeth at this point. Does it need more down the road, perhaps? Or are we good, do you think? I think this is a good start. Um, it has no teeth, zero teeth. Um, it, it is a liaison body that will try to make the situation better. If people decide at some point in the future to give it teeth, first of all, I'd be very surprised in that because I don't know that individual municipalities want to give up their, you know, the, their authority over their local police department. Um, so I, I really wouldn't expect it to have a lot of teeth, mm-hmm. you know, Perhaps if there is an issue that keeps coming up over and over and over, the only teeth could be the civilian review board. It tries to give it some publicity, you know, so that, uh, you know, power of public persuasion, you know, goes to work there. But even that is not going to be effective if you try to misuse that and, and try to essentially bully the police departments. Um, We don't have that authority. Um, Just like I don't have authority if somebody has a problem with their driver's license, I can't tell the Department of Transportation, you must do this. All I can do is call and say, hey, what can we do to work this out? That's the role I see this body doing. And I think that they could do it very effectively if both sides say, yeah, you know, this is this is worthwhile. Do we have a timeline when the uh, when this would get up and running? Um, not a particular timeline. Um, I think that, you know, Right now, um, we're trying to work out the details in terms of how do people apply, what kind of people are we looking for, um, you know, when the committee would meet and, and so forth. So, I, I mean, I, I think we're probably looking at at the earliest sometime over the summer. Okay. And this is a pilot program, right? Is it a two-year, two-, three-year right. pilot? I can't remember exactly. Yeah, it's a. I think it's a two-year pilot. Um, yeah, I mean, because we want to see if it's going to going to work, and and I, I I would hope that that would also assuage people's concerns. Like this is going to be this bureaucracy that's going to take over. Um, if it's not working out, if the police departments throughout La Crosse County say this is stupid, we're not participating. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the shortest pilot program ever. Well, and then one of the other challenges, aside from getting people to apply, I, I feel like the more people that apply, the better. Kind of like. You know, uh, just in terms of just you, you have more applications, you have a b- better field to choose from. Also, getting pe- getting the word out that this thing exists so that if people do have concerns and they don't feel comfortable going to police, hey, you, we have this thing. So I don't know how we get the word out, you know, aside from, uh, you know, th- getting it out through the media, but just so people know that this, this thing is here and we can use it. 
Yeah, I mean, I hope that the word gets out, and I hope that the correct word gets out as opposed to, you know, we've got this anti-police organization that's being created, um, and we're we're going to battle. I mean, that that's just self-defeating. It, it won't be successful if that's the attitude on either side. Yeah, I, I definitely think that some of this gets misconstrued, even when you're talking in the county board and, and we're saying, like, police chiefs have a problem with this. Well, that's because... A, maybe they didn't hear about it, and B, they just hear what they think they hear, you know, like a police oversight committee. And that's not what this is at all. Like you said, it's a liaison, and and, and it doesn't have any teeth, and it's just something – it's more for peace of mind, I think, than anything. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason it doesn't have any teeth is the law doesn't allow us to give it any teeth. I mean, even if we decided, wow, this is working great, now let's give it some teeth. We can't. I mean, the, the state law, I mean, vests the power of county law enforcement in the sheriff and the sheriff alone. Um, and for municipalities, state law says they have the authority. There is no authority in the law anywhere, period, um, for La Crosse County to tell any police department in our county what they have to do. Sure. End of story. That's Steve Doyle. He's the state rep in Assembly District 94, also on the La Crosse County Board. Thanks, Steve, for hanging out this hour. Appreciate it. Thank you. This is enjoyable. All right, we'll see ya. All right, uh, I got to take one more break. We'll be back in a minute. All right, that's going to wrap it up for a Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Thanks again to Steve Doyle talking about the state assembly and being off for the rest of the year, campaigning on new maps and just what could and should be done as they're out of session. And now they'll just campaign on the things that they didn't do in session. Um, and then also the county board, the civilian review board. Uh, that's just, it sounds like it could be in place by summer, a thing that doesn't have any teeth, but, uh, could be a peace of mind for, for people that, that don't want to go to the police with problems they have with the police. It's kind of a weird conundrum you have. Be like going to your parents when you have problems with your parents, right? <laughs> like, you know, or you go to your mom when you have problems with your dad and then dad will go right to mom and tell her. So. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think it'll be all right, and I think he explained it pretty well. But all right, tomorrow, city council members Mackenzie Mendel and Matt Keel are going to join and kind of preview some of the committees happening next week. Thanks everybody for listening.